It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. David Krejci draws Austin Watson, now hiding to McAvoy, he scores! Go, bartender! Go, food needs a refill! Shitface on the bus. Louise left me, and that son of a bitch over there keeps playing me when he knows I'm shitface. Hey, Bruins Nation. This is your host, Mark Allred, for another exciting episode of the uh, Beers and Bruins podcast. And before I introduce uh, the listeners to my special guest, I'd like to take the opportunity to announce a new partnership that we have at uh, the Black and Gold uh, Productions. Uh, our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and blackandgoldhockey.com website, along with the program that you're listening to right now, as agreed in a partnership with Primetime Sports Talk, Boston's number one home for in-depth sports analysis on air and online. Please check out their fantastic website at primetimesportstalk.com. Uh, I'm really pumped to have them uh, as a, as a uh, partner. We're going to work together very well. Had a great conversation with the owner, Sam, and uh, I'm just ready to to kick it off and, and it starts right here with the show, but um, I'm excited about the, the partnership first and foremost, but the second part about this whole excitement of today's podcast is I have like one of my favorite podcast hosts in the whole, and I listen to 120 freaking podcasts, all the hockey related, because I'm a sick nut like that, but I have Brian and he's the co-host of the uh, Ride the Pine radio podcast, you can follow him at Radio RTP, and he does a fantastic job with his friend Paul. He and you can follow Paul too at Paul RTP thirty seven. Brian, what's up, man? 
What's up, man? Oh, can I can I do it? Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. <laughs> do it, do it, because that's the best. <laughs> I, I I know how much you like that and stop. I not? do. I mean, I'm I'm so freaking jealous that I didn't come up with it. Dude, honestly, I stole that from somebody else. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, that, that's not even my own thing. Like, trust me, I stole that from someone else. Dude, that's so you. <laughs> Fuck it, right? Roll it. <laughs> All right. At least, I at least let them know that I stole it from them. And oh. they're like, whatever. Oh, that's respectful, man. That's respectable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Great to have you on, have an opportunity to, to get... Uh, a second episode here at the uh, Beers and Bruins podcast, and and having you on is just a, a serious treat. So I, I feel privileged to be number two. Like that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and and Mike Bond, he is a podcast uh, host for the Scuttlepuck. Was our first one, and I, and he's an Edmonton Oilers fan. But I at the time I wanted to have him on for the trade speculation of Corey Krug and um and Oscar Kleffbaum. You know that crap that went around about two three months ago. Yep, yep, yep. So I had him on. And I want to discuss that, but that was really cool because he loves he loves all kinds of different beers, and he's up in uh, the Ontario area, I believe, in the Belleville, Ontario area. So we had a lot of fun. So that was number one. Now this is number two. I'm I honestly the... didn't know that there's really Edmonton Oilers fans out there. I, figured <laughs> I really figured they were all Connor McDavid fans. Yeah, exactly right. But anyway, to start this show off properly, I got to uh, <laughs> decide to do yep. that. Let's do it. Wait. What are you drinking for beer, Brian? So, all right. So, I, I generally drink Woodchucks, but today I had to go with shitty Angry Orchard, and it's aggravating the fuck out of me. <laughs> because the place that I go to, they just, they had none. Like, I bought them out of fucking everything that they had, so I was just like, oh, I guess this will work. It gets you drunk. Nice. See, I'm a, I'm a big cider person. Okay. Not, not many people are. Like, I like Downey Cider. Smith and Forge is all right, but I am a huge, huge Woodchucks fan. Nice. They really should sponsor my fucking podcast because <laughs> of how much money I invest in their product. Every <laughs> That's awesome. I I am enjoying my favorite summertime beer, and it's from Sam Adams. Uh, it's called the Porch Rocker, and it's a, a very good tasting beer. And it's the honestly the only beer that I can drink a twelve pack of and still feel all right the next day. So why am I not surprised that you're the Sam Adams guy? I'm just <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. You know I'm really not. Um, I, it's a school night, and what I call a school night is my work day tomorrow. So I have to show up to work and somewhat coherent. So if I wanted to, if we would, if we did this like on a Friday night or or last night, I would go out and buy a four pack. Of eight point nine stuff that is here in Amesbury, Mass, and and you buy four of those, and I am absolutely shitty. Just good to go, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's really good uh, local beer, and I, I I highly support all the local breweries in the Amesbury Newport area. So, and hopefully one of these days that uh, they can reach out to my, uh, my emails and uh, we can do some sponsorship work. But you know that's all in the future. But. I support regionally. Woodchucks is from Middlebury, Vermont, I believe. Somewhere in Vermont. Yep. I don't yep. know. This shit's fucking delicious. That's all I know. Yeah, I, I've been turned on to a couple of beers in Maine. Uh, Bissell Brothers. I'm not sure if you heard of them. Yep, heard uh, of them. Yep. Uh, Tri- Trillium. And uh, yeah, they're, they're down south Boston. Um, I mean, Well, they're below Boston and more towards the Cape, I believe. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of all the beers out of New England and especially the, the local ones that can wet the whistle really quick <laughs> that's what it's about man all right yeah and speaking of having you on um 
you know, it's all about the Bruins. And and I, I just breathe black and gold. I, I live it. I do it. This is what I do. Except for my 40-hour week job, it is not related to the Bruins, which sucks. But it is what it is. I agree with that. I drive a fucking tow truck, dude. Like, <laughs> I wish it was Bruins related. <laughs> I, I love your tweets. I got to talk about the tow truck job. I love your tweets at night because it's either I'm freaking soaked and I'm so miserable. I oh, hope last, I- night, last <laughs> night was bad, so I'll, I'll give you a quick one. So it, I just finished a call, and I got another one. And as soon as I got there, I got out, and it started fucking pouring oh. on, dude. I was soaked for the rest of the night, even when it stopped at, like, 1 o'clock. Oh, it, just, it, it sucks. Like when, when you do that job, dude, you're out in the elements and there's no, I'd rather it be snow. You don't get wet. You just brush it off and go. Right. So do you work 10 hour days? Cause I only see your schedule at four days a week. Yeah. I work four tens. Uh, if there's late calls and shit, sometimes I'll grab them, but yeah, it's only four tens. That's pretty badass though, man. A nice three day weekend. I, yeah. But not really. Cause I go to bed at fucking like seven in the morning on Sunday and I sleep for half the day. So, right. So you, yeah, you get into a rhythm, your body just like, it just naturally wants to go to bed at a certain time. Yeah. Cause I get like four hours every day if I'm lucky. Right. And plus you get the family too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I, I, I'm intrigued about your show and, and, and I, I, I've been listening, I think I've been listening for, I don't know how many weeks now, but I think I jumped on at like five. I want to say it was five. It was just me by myself struggling. Yeah. Oh, that shit was <laughs> atrocious, dude. Like, it, when Paul came on, it immediately went from like a half hour struggle of me and a whole lot of editing to just an hour of talking. Like I barely edit. I try and keep it kind of raw and just what the conversation is. Yep. And it... Uh, doubled in time immediately like dude i used to struggle so hard when i was by myself so, so my, my basic question is like what what drove you to do this what i mean was there another podcast like the black and gold hockey po- uh, you know podcast that was so awesome that you needed to do your own so you know what it was. you hear that plug i just tried to do that it just started that to step up good plug like great <laughs> right now on so here's the deal like i had been listening to you guys and i listened to like a lot of the bigger ones that radio stations and shit put out. Yep. But honestly, what a lot of it is, is dude, I, I fucked shit up when I was younger. So I didn't follow and pursue properly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And since I was a little kid, like I always wanted to just spew bullshit into a microphone. And I drive a tow truck. I did repo. Like I drive a tow truck. It's fine. So I just decided, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be on the sports hub or... Anything like that. Let me just do my own thing, and I can swear and drink. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and I highly recommend uh, everybody out there that listens to this um, the Ride the Pine Radio podcast with uh, with Brian and Paul because it's fun, it's funny, and 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 most of the time it's really good Boston Bruin talky talk. And when I say most of the time, I heard a couple episodes. I'm like, what are we gonna talk about? It's the off season. You know, it's like, oh, please don't talk Patriots. Please don't talk baseball. Please don't talk Celtics. I, we, we try and avoid it. Like, Paul will bring it up like, hey, this, you know, we can do well, this. Well, slap his hand. <laughs> I, I try to because I just, that that was what the idea was going to be. That's why it was such a basic fucking name. Right. But then I'm like, I really don't care about any of those other sports. Like, I really only care about the Bruins through and through. And I was just like, you know what? 
it's an easy way to do it. And then I was like, fuck off season. Like, what do we do? Yeah. I was like, you know what? We'll figure something out. So I got to ask you. Apparently, I fucked up Court's name. Oh, Lalonde. <laughs> okay. So apparently, I fucked that up. So I'll just go on record. My bad. I butcher yeah. names. That's what yeah. I do. So yeah. I just, I needed to get that clarification. But like, he put out those two good polls. And I was like, well, that's actually a good topic. Like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Yeah, you guys jumped right on that. And and I, I'm not sure. If, no, we didn't even talk about it because it was after. Because you yep. guys, we did our show on Sunday. You guys do your show on uh, Tuesday. So yep. um, when those polls came out, I was just like, did you see my response? About about the, the Charlie McAvoy and the... Um, uh, Jake yeah, Jake DeBrusque. No, I, I, I honestly, I voted responded and went and kept drinking that, I, I did all that today i think that was tough because it took me more than a half a day at work and i asked like 12 people that i work with just randomly walking by i'm like hey would you do this and they're like oh i don't know i'd have to get back to you on that one is it the trade one or who's gonna have the bigger year one i think it's the trade one like oh, you, yeah. like you oh. don't you don't want to get rid of like mcavoy or you know would you trade donato yeah, yeah. That, okay, because that's the one I picked. I picked Donato yep. at all of them. But honestly, like, I don't really want to trade any of them. I don't either. But I, I'm, dude, I'm, so, I'm such a negative person. Like, Paul calls me like the Felger slash Adam Jones of fucking <laughs> podcasting. I am just such a negative person when it comes to this team because I always expect better than before. Right. You so expectations of 2011 go yearly with you that it's either cup or bust am i right i've had that expectation for my entire fucking life at this point like my expectations are you do something you need to go one step further every year and the the whole idea for me every year is cup or bust yeah and that's that's generally the wrong expectation to have and i get that but i expect i don't know dude maybe it's just because i'm just such a hockey junkie like for my favorite team like no you Cup or fucking bust. Like, there's no excuses. At right. least get somewhere near there. Yeah, absolutely. But when you, if you, I'm not saying that you don't have the time because you are a diehard and so on. But when you when you look at the depth of this organization, you can definitely see that there's there's a trend that this team is going to get better, and it's actually in transition of you know being back to that 2011 Stanley Cup. Uh, championship that they got because they there was like seven years that this club went on a, on a run of, of playoffs and then it died down because of those those people were just you know on the downsides of the career and you know and a lot of it you know what a lot of it was Shirelli too because oh, yeah. they fucking handcuffed yeah team. let me look at what Cam Neely said uh you know he's like you know if if we keep making this was like three years ago but he said, if we keep making deals like this and we're giving up all our prospects, he basically said that we're just sprinkling talent all over the league while everybody's getting better and we're sitting back here doing nothing. Yeah, he did that after the Sagan trade. Yeah. And here's my thing. Yes, he is correct. But at the same token, like, if you look at their depth, there's a lot of these kids who could actually have spots, yeah. but there's nowhere to put them. Yep. So that's why, like the the tweet I had, like I'm not against moving some to go get somebody, whatever. And you sent that GIF, GIF. I fucking, I hate those things. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I just hate having to say what it is. But right. You sent that one back, and it was Tracy Morgan shaking his head no, and I'm like, 
Okay, but look at it from the perspective that I have. That's why I even said, like, I, I did call you out on the show, but it wasn't even... I don't think you understood where I was coming from on it, because I didn't really elaborate much, but... No, there's... there's how many fucking centers do we need? Oh, I know, there's a lot. I mean... <laughs> not, not to mention they're all playing wing. None of them are actually playing center, so... To move some, like, I'm not against trades, and yes, you're going to have to sprinkle talent when you have that much depth. Yeah, absolutely. But you, you definitely want to get something back. Like, like, let's just jump into it. Right? Let's, let's talk some, like, like, trade rumors. Obviously, we are both, and, I'm, and, and I actually put my head down on my table at work and started, like, sh- you know, you know how you put your, your hands on your ears and just kind of, like, sh- you know, shaking my freaking head back and forth? Yep. I kneeled down on my elbows and I'm just like, oh my god. And I, a co-worker came in and thought I was having a heart attack or something like that. But anyway, um, he's like, everything all right? And I'm like, yeah, I just this these rumors of Milan Lucic coming back to Boston. And then he starts flipping out and walks away. It was just one of those weird freaking situations. But no, you don't bring Lucic back. You don't bring a guy that's costing that much money on the downside of his career. You I know? promise you I will drive my tow truck off the fucking Tobin Bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like here's the, and, and I said this to Paul. Like if they ate all of his fucking salary, sure. But you're giving me like so, Nugent Hopkins to to deal with even that as a fourth line guy. Right. I like I'm thankful for what Lucic was to a degree. Although I still feel he never did what he should have all the time. I feel like he dogged it a lot, but. Like, you're gone, dude. I don't want you back. Like, once you leave, fuck off. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I I am that guy, and there's so many people who are like, oh, no, I'd take so-and-so back, and it doesn't matter what team it is. And I'm just like, no, you, you're, you're gone. That's, Stay fucking away. That's that's fandom. That's, that's one-sided fandom right there when most people don't want to take a look at the business side. You know what I mean? Look at Cap Friendly and look at everything that you have to do in the future to, to facilitate, even if you couldn't retain, if even if you were entertaining the entertainment of freaking having them back and at six million dollars you you couldn't do it for the future it's still an upgrade over Bacchus, and i won't yeah i I, I won't negate that but it's still the same style contracting i you'll get better production than what Bacchus will give and i'm very very down on him but it's still not like what do you want me to give up for fucking luchich like i'll give you bag of fucking practice pucks and like (laughs) A used Gatorade bottle, like that's it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to eat ninety nine percent of his fucking salary. Like I just, it's not the the fact that people even jumped on that just blew my mind. Like, how do you still want that? Right, because because they always think about his toughness. You know what I mean? They think about his what he did when he plastered Mike Van Ryan through the glass. Those are the those are the images they see when they want him back. They don't see that he can't keep up with with younger kids these days. I mean, I mean, look at the lineup. You can't put him, a player like him, on an Edmonton Oilers lineup and expect him to keep up with a top three. He's a fourth line player, even though they don't want to pay him. You know, money. Yeah, yeah. Second line freaking salary. See, people think of Lucic and it's like, oh, that fucking hit where he put him through the glass, and I'm like, yeah. What about the fact that he didn't score fucking thirty goals and he had all the talent in the world to do so? Yeah, I, I was, I was always a fan of his, but it's just, dude, you, you had all the talent and you dogged it some years. I, I just that's what I feel. I could, hey, he could have been trying and it just didn't work out. But right, 
It does. It fucking happens. It happens, but at the same time, like, fuck him, he's gone. Stay stay with Peter Shirelli with your no movement clause. And what about, like, the rumors of um, of Eric Carlson? I, I don't see it happening. Especially, you know, his salary is going to demand, I want to say, over $10 million. And when you look at Cat Friendly right now, uh, Carlo on his last year RFA next season, McAvoy RFA after next season. So. <laughs> Fucking squad is like restricted. Yeah. yeah, like I McQuaid, McQuaid, I want gone anyway. Oh my god, yes. So here's my thing: like I, I would take Carlson. I would. Who if if the the asking price was proper? Sure, all day, every day. Like the dude is a generational talent, but he's got foot problems. Yep. He's got fucking the fact that he's played in Ottawa. That that's an issue for me. But I it that ten plus million. Fuck it, give it a McAvoy. Right. Like right. you already, in a, in a nutshell, have that growing as time progresses and as he develops. I don't. It would be great, like sure, but no, like what what we would have to give up to get him? No, like, I, dude, I'm all for trading some of these kids, but there's certain ones, like, no, don't fucking ask me. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. I just yep. he's not him and Panarin, dude. That's the other one. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yes, he scored 30 goals every fucking or close to it every year that he's been in the league. But you're gonna come in and you want more than eight already, and you don't like where you play, but you like your teammates. I'm out. And you know what's funny is like uh, I was I was looking at Cap Friendly again today, which I I religiously do. Oh, it's bookmarked. Yeah, and and I'm looking at the cap space that the Columbus Blue Jackets have, and they have a little uh, I'm hovering around six million. Maybe a little more than five, maybe just around six. And then I hear that um, Yarmo Kekinlainen is going to France to meet with Panarin to talk an extension. Even after that first year, next season, if he resigns, I don't think he can. Well, you can you can micromanage your money in your roster to to affiliate him, you know, coming in. But he already <laughs> says that he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, he's not Columbus. Have you ever been to Columbus? I have not. So I've made a pit stop in driving in Columbus. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, it, it's not a terrible city, but no, I'm good. Like it's fucking nowhere, Ohio. Like thinking that they're like it. It's all right. Like good to go party, I guess. But even then, like no, I'm good. Speaking of the places that you've been to, where have yeah. you where have you lived? So I've lived. I was born and raised here in Massachusetts. Okay. I've li- I lived in Arizona and Phoenix for almost 10 years. And then I lived in Long Island, New York for two years. I mean, I've I've gone to visit places for longer than like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But no, I've only lived in those three places. So, And I, I hated every minute in New York. <laughs> so uh, all, uh, never crossed allegiances to, to root for the teams that you live close to? No, I always I always found a way to stream the Bruins. Like, look, dude, I I tried with the Coyotes. I fucking tried, dude, but they were just so when I first got out there, they were garbage. They were a fucking hot mess. They already had a lot of issues and then towards the end of my living there, the NHL owned the team because nobody else did. The the couple years prior they made the playoffs and people were showing up like fucking they've been there and it's like dude you don't even you can't even name one player with the jersey on like <laughs> it, their fandom is they they care about the Phoenix Suns out there and the Arizona Cardinals to a degree they're not a huge hockey town 
But I think a lot of the reason that they're still there and they haven't been moved elsewhere is because the NHL had to spend a lot of their own league money into keeping that team afloat. Right. That's the only reason I think they're there. And people are like, oh, it's not going to work in the desert. To a degree, I was like, no, that's probably fucking not when Vegas came out. But there's a lot of transplants even in Phoenix, and I don't know how they got no love. Dude, I'm not joking. I went to watch games on the TV, and it was a fucking blackout. Oh, really? Not, not replacement program. The screen was just black. Wow. Like, you broadcast this team and you can't even show me, and I'm 20 minutes away from your fucking arena. Wow. It, it, it was bad. I always tried. I mean, I, look, dude, I live there. Of course, I'm going to watch whatever I can and go to the games. They were always cheap there, but no, no one fucking liked them. They suck. Did you, uh, did you take advantage of when the Bruins came around? Oh, yeah. So... When I first moved out there, I got seats right behind the Bruins bench. Nice. And, I mean, this was 2006, seven, something like that. Okay. And then I fucking, like, I got dirty looks from people because I was banging on that glass ready to fucking beat the shit out of everybody on that bench if they fucked up. It, I got dirty looks as they would come off the ice because they heard me. Because there was like seven people in the fucking stand. <laughs> yeah, so they, they heard me. But I, I always try to. But here's the thing. Certain teams, it's just like when the Red Sox go somewhere, like the ticket prices go up. There's certain teams that when they go to Phoenix, those the numbers for the tickets go up. And it's just like, I'll get them like secondary for like 10 bucks and it's fine. The Rangers, the Bruins, the Canadians, and who is the other team? Vancouver, for whatever fucking reason, maybe because of the Sedin brothers, but the ticket price is always like skyrocketed. And I was like, yeah, secondary market, I'm good. Yeah, right. And and when I lived in Long Island, fuck all of those teams, man. <laughs> I'd watch them because it's hockey. And I, dude, I, I don't think you realize. I sent you the link for where I watch streamed games. Like, I watch the Swedish Elite League. I watch fucking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. It's crazy. I. And so I would watch the Islanders. I try to avoid the Rangers, but I have respect for them because they're original six. Some, if you're in that original, like I have a lot more respect for you, except for Chicago because of what they're doing right now. Yep. But no, I didn't try and actively like root for anybody. Huh. It's it's cool though. I mean, I've basically never been out in New England. I mean, I've traveled um, east to west across Canada on a train when I graduated high school, I went with a buddy of mine and ripped it up. Like we were rock stars. We went to every city we went to across Canada that had a hockey team, a professional hockey team. We stayed there, partied and watched at least one game. It was, it would be fun. It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I, I, uh, I swear to God, if I did that today, I probably would have a heart attack after like the first two days. You know, I wouldn't even get out of the freaking uh, the Atlantic Maritimes. I'd probably die at like the you know first city. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> first city. I'm gone. <laughs> no, after Brian. Ah, shit. I don't know. Um. Yeah. It's. But um. What do you think about the uh, the the signings that that happened uh, after July first? I mean, I in my opinion, I I can't hate them. I mean, there was there's stuff out there that I thought there could have been a better choice, but um, you know, it is what it is. We don't make the I, I don't make the decisions; they do. Um, but I think they addressed a, a certain amount of needs uh, moving forward. 
And 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 to and to follow up on that, I I don't understand the freak out. So th- maybe this is the second part of my question. By having these these signings, what do you think about those? And do you agree with the freak out that we need a huge trade? So, all right. Uh, so I'll address the first part. The signings themselves, like, they're not terrible uh, by any means. I think. I think the length for John Moore is what bothered me the most. Okay. I, I don't mind the money. I, I think five years a lot, but, I mean, that's kind of where you're at for if you're looking at defensemen. You kind of got to throw them years, but I think they addressed the fourth line, which isn't a fucking issue. I, I At the end of the day, like, look, dude, they, they needed the defensemen, and I'm okay with John Moore. I, maybe a lot of people don't know him. Because they don't watch the terrible devils when they were fucking just before Taylor Hall got there. But I don't mind him. I don't mind the Wagner thing. But it's like, all right, dude, you hit. Well, fucking, I want you to score. Like, the, the problem with the freak out, and I do understand it, is what was the problem in the playoffs last year? Oh, everybody, now it's they weren't tough enough. They were getting out hit. See, but that to me, that's not even the issue. You couldn't bury a fucking puck. Yeah, you got to score. And, to me, that was the most important. Like, I'm a huge, huge advocate for defense, defense, defense. Like, mm-hmm. I like the idea of what Claude did, but also at the same time, like, you got to let guys be what their play style is and just fucking deal. I always hated when he, like, buried Pastanak on the fourth line for, like, seven minutes a game. Like, it aggravated me. Like, let the kid make mistakes. It's fine. Right. And I think that's what happened to Spooner. Like, his development got fucked because of Claude. Yep. So I'm fine with the signings. Like, you address the fourth line, but that's not what the problem is. The problem was defense, and I think you somewhat answered it. I don't think John Moore is the answer, but I think you addressed what one of the problems is. You didn't address scoring. I think a trade or two needs to happen in some variety, be it right wing, second line, or being able to shift past and act down to that second line and put whoever you trade for up on the first, something there needs to happen because you need to be able to score. You need someone who can, who has proven that they can do it. But I still think, and after watching the playoffs, he was all right, but you need something to be ready when Char just looks like he's fucking 80. And I don't think John Moore is it. Like it's good signings, decent, like not terrible money, but I don't know. You could have kept fucking Schaller. Yeah. Yeah. For Wagner, like that that's the trade off in my opinion on how that worked out. Like I, I don't know. It the bottom half isn't what my fucking concern is. It's what are you doing on that top half? Yeah, definitely. The top six is, is uh definitely need an um you know, need an upgrade. Um and with the uh departure of, of Nash who who is still uncertain on what he wants to do with his career, I mean what? I Abracadabra, motherfucker! Like that, that dude can go disappear somewhere else. Like I'm, I'm all set. I mean, I, I give him the respect that he, you know, he's taking time and 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 addressing his issue appropriately with family. You know, he's, he 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 even told um, agents and and other teams that just back off a little bit. I'll give you my answer when I'm ready. So, you know, which I do respect, but. I, I I don't know, dude. I bought into the hype of Rick Nash, and I think it's because for how many years were they saying that Rick Nash to the Bruins is always a possibility type of deal, and it never happened. And when it did, you already knew what you were getting. Yep. 
And I was honestly expecting him to be that rejuvenated guy. Like, all right, I've been fucking useless half the time. Let me let me change everything now that I'm getting this opportunity. And he was the same exact guy that had been advertised his whole career. Right. And yeah. that's why, like, you didn't give up much. You gave up Spooner. He probably wasn't coming back anyways, money-wise. So you go out and you get him, and it's like, all right, I bought into the hype. And then I was like, fuck, fuck this dude. Like, yeah. he's just disappearing again. And that's not what I thought we were going to get. Yeah. I thought we were going to get somebody who was more motivated. Yeah, I think the I think the Bruins are going to be wise on this one, and they're going to step back too. I mean, the, you're always hearing stuff about them entertaining talks about it when he's ready, but you know, I cheap. Get, yeah, it better yeah. be cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't want to spend three or four million dollars a year on a guy like that. No, especially when how much cap room do they even have left? What is it like five or six? Yeah, it's like five or six million. Or hang on that a second, might, that might even be an overestimate on what they actually have. Current cap space is two point five. All right, so give him fucking one point two. Like I'm, right. I, I'm so down on him. I'm so down on a lot of the fu- like, people love Krejci and I get it, but it's not 2011. He's not that guy. I'm out on him. I'm. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm out on Bacchus. I don't know if you've heard that or not. <laughs> plenty, plenty of times, my friend. Uh, I, I think that's and and answer to that big trade thing i think that's one of those things that needs to happen as well you gotta dump him you gotta dump him or crazy's money somehow like i think that's part of it but the freak out i I don't know something has to happen somewhere right yeah well here's my roster is is they're not they're not going to be anybody get third in the division at this point right and and here's my side of the coin is is like they didn't really make huge moves over last off season, and they signed, you know, pretty much players that could just, you know, fit in the, and make you know the puzzle look nice. It's not going to make it look glow, and and we're going to be, you know, reigning in silver. But what they did was just get players that, for sustainability and to be competitive. And you know, they walk away with a hundred. They walk away with a hundred twelve point season. And second, that was way more than I ever thought. Yeah. I mean, after after the first month, I was just like, where is this team going? And then November came around, and bam, now they're on this run until April. I mean, at the end, they kind of went a little, you know, off the rocker. But they still sustained, you know, a, they played up and down with Tampa Bay, you know, and, and uh, in Toronto. It was just, like, they were always jockeying for position. It was really cool to see. But they did it without making huge moves. Here's my thing, Brian. Right? If you if you can do that, why not just believe in the system just a little bit for at least this next season? And I know people are impatient and they don't want to do that, but there's a better free agent class next year. I mean, the John the John Tavares uh, class. He he was the cream of the crop. And then okay. you you went down for, with a little couple of more players, but if you look at capfriendly.com and you change the years from 2018 before July 1st to next summer's uh, free agent class, there is so much more better players that you could choose from if you need to address because you had a really bad season. I would do that if you got out of the second round again this upcoming season. But 
my, my counter argument to that is what do you have left out of Bergeron? It, he he is on the wrong side of thirty, right? It, but he, then look at his year you know, last year. He had he had a he had a career season, but he was hurt again, and that's what my concern. Right, right. He, is he one check away from being out for way longer than what you ever want to see him out for, or towards the end of the season because this dude plays with fucking everything broken? Yeah, are you risking him being out of the playoffs where you absolutely need him. There is a window with what he has left, and I think he's been underrated nationally for his whole career. I think in Boston, we we all love him. He's like a fucking god to most of us, but nationally, I don't think people recognize him like that because he wasn't as offensive until recently. But you have a window. You need to use what you have, and people keep saying Chara, but... I think as far as with Char's window, that fucking closed like a year ago. Right. I think last year was the best year you're going to get out of him at that age that he's at. But you have a window. you got to figure something out. Do you want to wait another year and see where Bergeron's at? Because you don't know what's going to happen with him health-wise. Yeah. No, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from on that angle, too. And that's obviously something that I didn't take into a, uh, into account. But... And I think that's where a lot of the people are, oh, why wait, why wait? No one really says it. I think they think it's like a curse if you even bring it up. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of, for me, it's because Bergeron's like 32. Yep. You've seen that he can do something offensively once he had the, the freedom to do so. He got so much better offensively because of Cassidy. Everybody did in all reality. Anybody on that team before Cassidy, they were restricted on what they were allowed to do. Right. Cassidy gives them the freedom. Bergeron shows that he is an elite player, but he's 32 now. He's Something's always broken and ruptured by the time the season's over with him. That's my biggest concern. That dude deserves another fucking cup or two. Oh, I, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, and he's going to be a... I hopefully a first ballot Hall of Famer for at least the four Selkies that he's he's tied um, uh, Bob Gainey with for the for the most in the league. He'll win another one of those too. He got bucked, but I think a lot of it was because of injury. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You, you guys brought it up on your show uh, a couple of weeks ago when when we were doing the awards, um, and and you addressed that perfectly. If he if he played a full eighty two and the career and, and I'm sorry the career year he had uh, last season, he I definitely would have been. Um, within top if if not walking away with that absolutely um i I just i hate bouncing around but this is kind of what it is when you're drinking beers and and having fun i've been wasted all day it's fine (laughs) going back to the john moore signing what i do like about that signing and like you like you did mention and i heard it was that um he gets a little more years and he's an experienced player so when Chara hopefully has his last season next year. And, I hope it's year, dude. I hope next season is his last. And McAvoy are gone. Maybe um, they're looking at uh, more could fill in a, a leadership spot. Not saying he's captain. I'm just saying on, on the back end. Um, a leadership role for a player that's going to come up and join him like like a Zaboro or a Lauzon. Um, I, I still believe that both of those guys still need... Uh, another year down there, and those are the most highest ranked defensemen that could absolutely jump up. 
Uh, Euro Vakaninen is a huge freaking defenseman that could definitely do it. But I'd like to see where he goes after a year of a little more development. And also that Axel, um, Axel um, Anderson that they selected is a, just signed a three-year entry-level deal. And, and you know, he, he can make noise. But right now, my two top ones, are, are, I'm going to say three now. I'm going to say Euro, Vakaninen, and, and uh, uh, Zborl, and Lausanne. So any one of those can fit into that role when, when, when there's room available after when, when McQuaid and Chara are basically gone after next season. So here's my question for you because you didn't mention his name and I'm curious as to why. Why not Kylo? Why why are the expectations it seems like the expectations for him dropped. Is it because of injury? But I think honestly, for me, going forward, if you're using those kids, it should be Kylo and McAvoy on that top line. Because it gives McAvoy when he does the beautiful, beautiful things that he does you know Kylo is more defensive-minded than offense, so he can make sure he shuts down if McAvoy goes up and something fucks up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's oh, yeah, I do. That's the ideal top pairing going forward. I yeah. think Lozon or Zaboral on that second line with maybe more would be great. People knock it, and I get it, but Krug, if he's here on that third fucking pairing, yeah, he's not great defensively. So if you use Zaboral Lozon, one of them with more, I think that's kind of a better deal because it's it's almost what Chara can do with what like McAvoy and Carlo when they played first year with them, they were much better. I think more can be there for that. And honestly, if something happened and Krejci disappeared, I wouldn't doubt one bit that more could end up with an A for part time. Oh yeah, sure. That's that. That wouldn't be out of the realm of thinking at all. Um, I think a lot of it, though, is people don't realize who he is. And they go, oh, well, he only had 22 points. Yeah, but that's not his game. Like, he's not that guy. He'll get points probably more in this system, but he is a very good defender. Yeah, and, and a good puck mover. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and say that he's going to be that, that offensive dynamo that, you know, I mean, Krug put up some pretty decent numbers last year. He did. Uh, even though he was injured, too. But um, what it is, people hear puck mover. Yeah. This, is, this goes back. They hear puck mover, and they just assume points. And I think, and I, I mentioned this before, and I don't know if you heard it, but that's what, that I, I think truly that's why Caberly got yeah. hammered. You did bring this up, and this was one of the be- better parts of the episode. <laughs> and it was, it's true, though. Like, he got hammered. People like, oh, he's not doing enough. And it's like, you're not realizing what he fucking does. Yeah. He's a puck mover, not a scorer, not an assister. Right. He gets puck moving. And I think people don't just associate puck moving and points together. And that's, you're wrong for doing so. I'll say it. You're fucking wrong if you think that. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I did have Carlo in that discussion too. I just, I just, when I see, um, I see Chara leaving, I see McQuaid leaving, and I also, uh, you know, anything yep. could happen to Kevin Miller. So that I mean, there could be spots within a year. So I mean, these kids down in Providence, especially the top three that I mentioned, um, definitely have to step up their game this season to, you know, to show the Bruins brass that they want to be there because. You know, they might just have that year of showing them the the, the skills off. And they got to get games, too. I mean, you you can't get good just by not getting experience. 
No. You know, I mean, I know Brandon Kyle seamlessly made a transition from the WHL into the NHL and, and did it okay. I mean, but he had a crutch next to him that's right. fucking 12 feet tall. Exactly. A lot of that is he was there to make up for Carlos' mistakes, and I think that helped his transition a lot better. And even this year when he was on a different line and it was Chara and McAvoy, people were like, oh, Carlos not that good. No, it's because he's not playing with fucking Chara. It's totally different. He's he's trying to help who's on his pairing with him. And I thought he was fairly good until he fucking got hurt. Right. I, I thought he was probably one of the better defenders on the fucking team. If anything, I, I got to give the guys kudos on on his penalty killing ability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I People- think I think if I'm not saying he's a, a deal breaker, but yeah, when he took some those dumb, 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 dumbass freaking penalties during the playoffs, especially during the Toronto series, that was just crazy. If he was involved in any of that, I don't think that the, you know they would it would have gone seven games and absolutely in one series and then you know losing the other. But so let me ask you this: If you take Vakanainen out of the equation. Who do you think is more ready next year to fucking step up and play, Zaboral or Lozon? Oh, this is a good one, and I don't have time to think about it half a day either. Um, <laughs> That's an on-the-spot one. But... <laughs> he did too. I I, I got to go with 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 Jake, uh, Jake Zaboral. I I think that he he's another uh, player that addresses the the left shot need, um, young kid. I I I've seen him a ton. I watched Jeremy too when he was playing for the Ruin Ruin Huskies. Damn French names, I can't get them. Right. Um, I butcher every name. Uh, me too. It's terrible, but um, I mean, <laughs> I I just I I like Jeremy's game too. I mean, I mean, honestly, it is a straight tie for me. They both have decent size, and good mo- mobility. Uh, Zaboral has the tendency to be the hitter. Uh, Lauzon is more a positional defenseman that kind of like he'll go in there and give you a rub, but wants to get back as soon as possible to get back in the you know while Zaboral he's a, he's can drive through player. Shut. Right, it's a non-physical shutdown. He he, it's two very very different games. I just my question is where do they start fitting? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, this is why it's kind of like all right. I don't mind trading something. If you're getting a decent return, because you just you you're running out of space, you can't ro- roll out twelve D men like you just can't. Exactly. So when you when you look at at cap friendly, Vakanian's got three years on an entry level, so it allows him to go up and down. Zaboral's got two more years, and Jeremy Lawson has two more years. Yeah, they were drafted fucking back to back, weren't they? Um. Vakaninen was 2017 first round, and no, I, I meant Zaboral and Lozon. Weren't they like back to back? No, uh, Zaboral was the first round. Lozon was the second round. It, wasn't that the year that they had like three picks in a row? That was 2015. They went Zaboral. They fucking Debrusque draft. I'm sorry, you had three picks in a row and you fucked that up. Yeah, but you got Zaboral, Debrusque, and Senishin. And if you had half a mind, you could have had Hannafin. Oh, right, or or. Or, or Connor, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, no. Oh, he plays for the Winnipeg Jets. Kyle Connor. 
Yes, yes, yes. You could have had Kyle Connor. You could have had Matt Barzell. You could have had so many other players. Like they, they, I is as nice as it will be to see these kids developing. They already came in with a lot of hype behind them. Oh yeah, it, it's gonna be nice to see. But it's kind of like, oh, dude, you fucked that up. You had three picks in a row, and you fucked that up. That's all. Uh, but like I said, I'm the most negative person possible. <laughs> like you, you don't do enough as far as this team goes, no matter what. Well, I mean. Like they could bring in Panarin, and I'll be I'll as nice as of, of a player as he is. I'll be pissed somewhere because they probably gave up the wrong guy, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still salty. They let Colin Miller go and not Kevin Miller. Like, I know, gave, I know. They picked the wrong Miller. I I'm still salty. Oh, uh, they were watching the movie The Millers and getting high. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie, by the way. I do. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> I just love Jennifer Aniston when she gets. But ass, well, not naked, but very wet and very hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I do see positive, but it it's going to have to be on the patience. You know what I mean? If this Bruins team wants to, like, pa- hit the panic button and trade, like, if they go for a player like, like Panarin and to get the deal done, I still think you're two players away from really making a huge splash. That's I why... Want- don't argue that at all right and that's why i want to like take it you know a step back take a breath for at least one more year and just to see where your consistency is all right so you insert the young the youthful movement into your second year and you evaluate and if it's good you don't have to make a huge splash but you also have to make noise in the playoffs too there's no i mean yeah you have to there's no doubt you have to but you can't you can't be bounced in the first round. No, man. no, that's unacceptable. You you make a you make a serious run in this in the second round to to make that third round um, conference final, or you know. But so, I, I think next season, if it doesn't work out, I think next summer is definitely the place to get aggressive and and grab some of these um, the talent that's available. I mean, the list is unreal. I mean. There's so many assets that could be placed in there with a cap going up again. I know it's going to go up at least another two or three million. I've heard even five million, which would bring us up to like 87. They need to work on a soft cap, and I'll say it. I saw an article about it. They really do need a soft cap because if their cap isn't hitting 100 million, and it's fine that it's not like they are what they are, they are a niche type of fucking sport for whatever reason, they can't grow. But you need to have a soft cap. You can't eighty something fucking million. Are you kidding me? Right, but then, and teams like Chicago are getting fucking hammered because I mean, look, you spent like almost thirty million on two people, but they can't do anything else because that's half their fucking cap is gone. Right, and that that's the worst thing about the Chicago Blackhawks is the cap casualties that happen, and I believe Panarin was one of them. <laughs> And that Timu Teravainen kid? He was another one. He was another one. It just did not have a chance in the system. A ton of good players that they had. And what what was it? Teravainen for fucking Brandon Saad? Or was that Panarin? No, no, that was Panarin. Uh, Teravainen went to uh, the Carolina Hurricanes for... uh, to somebody i can't remember who it was god only fucking knows who like but that's the problem is you're losing these these fucking people and you're losing them for next for brandon sod right a guy you had and let go like you have to take him back because you just can't do it and i heard jonathan jonathan taves was like 
talking to um, uh, the general manager of the Blackhawks. I used to remember his name, but oh, Bo- Bowman, not Scotty, his son. Um, yep, yep. I don't remember, but okay. basically, like begging to get side back because he was the only one that could really that Taves could really play with. It's almost like the family love that that Dougie Hamilton has with Freddie. <laughs> oh my god, and that's what him too, man. Like, and that's why I, I said, dude. Carolina lost in that trade. Oh yeah, oh, a hand over fist because now it's like, all right, now you got to go get Freddie too. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, you you won't sign because your brother's not there. Like, dude, you have an opportunity to be a good player, and that's what you care about. Yes, this is not. I don't get it, but I also don't understand the whole thing that's going on with him. Just because the kid likes going to a museum over hanging out, and I, you know, I know it's a tight knit group and so on that hockey teams have. I get it, but. You know, Dude, it's like that with a beer league. It's like, wait, you'd rather not be fucking hanging out with us when we have a ch- I don't know. I, I just I question you as a human being when you're on a team and you're like, nah, I'd rather not be near you. <laughs> hey, you what what are you gaining out of that other than just being a douchebag? Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't install a lot of trust in the locker room or on the ice. Exactly. Which is probably why Calgary was like, no, nah, we're good on you, buddy. Like, fuck you. But yeah, Calgary with the Hannafin. Oh, and that—that's another team right now. Not to jump off of, of a you know Bruins topics, but that's another team that really stepped up their their defense with um with the addition of Hannafin. The whole team in general, and yeah. I, I bounce around, dude. I'm a league happy person. I love the NHL as a whole. Like even when they added Neil, I was like, well, they're making some fucking moves, and people are sleeping on what they're doing. Oh yeah, many can say the Bruins are. I don't know. I feel like the Bruins are sleeping instead of fucking doing something. Yeah, right. I just, dude, I want to see, especially, like, look, I, Tavares doesn't make Toronto a cup finalist by any means just by himself. But with what they have, he makes them drastically better. Oh, absolutely. The, the addition is unbelievable. And with the all-star team that fucking Tor- uh, Tampa already rolls out, like, you... Being third in your division, especially with the way this playoff fucking shit goes, that's not a good spot for you to be in. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the panic from Bruins fans comes from. It's like, okay, they have Tavares. They they got better with younger kids, too. And Tampa's a fucking all-star team by themselves. We're trotting out the same <laughs> roster that we had before. Yeah, yeah. I, to me, it's the definition of insanity. You're, you're doing the same thing for the same fucking results. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you shake it up a bit, and I'm not saying, you know, keep Donato. I think he never, even though he looked like a deer in fucking headlights in Toronto, I think that's a kid who, as he gets a little bit more experience, will be a lot better. And I think people bought into that Olympic hype of what he was doing. Oh, that was crazy. Like, look, dude, he played great in the Olympics, but it's like, dude, look at what you're fucking playing. Yeah, that's... You're playing fucking guys who... Aren't even in, like great. You beat fucking Enroth and, and a, you scored on Enroth. That dude hasn't been in the league in how many years now? <laughs> right. Like, wow. You beat up on Russian college kids for like a fucking hour. Great. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, I I think I, I I see the kids' skill all the time. I watch a lot of Harvard games when he was playing for them, and um, I watch the games and it overseas and and. Obviously, the uh, the NHL uh, limited times he's been in the NHL, and I mean, the kid's got serious potential. I mean, he's got he can be that like sniper that you need, but 
to fashion him into the way they did and the hype that he gained. Like, I, I, I hope people were kidding when they said, you know, back in November, uh, I'm sorry, in February, when the kid was basically getting done with his Harvard uh, schooling and his commitment was over and then he could possibly sign a deal that even back then they were like, uh, Donato plus Bruins equals Stanley Cup. I'm like, are you kidding me? It was aggressive. There's no doubt that's an aggressive take. I mean, the I, pin tweets were freaking ridiculous. Like, I'm saying this now, and I'm going to pin it because you're all going to be wrong, and I'm going to laugh at you when I'm done. It's like, shut the fuck up. And, and that's the problem. It's Look, the kid's got talent. But A, one thing that pissed me off, he missed his first Bruins practice because he had to go to class. Like, get the fuck out on the ice. Yeah. Like, that, that pissed me off beyond a fucking what it should have. Right. That was excusable, I, though. Yeah, no, no, it's not. You're a fucking professional hockey player. What are you living at the dorm for? Like, <laughs> you just made nine hundred grand. Like, why don't you go buy a fucking house real quick? Like, stop with the nonsense. But I think, and and I was a huge advocate for putting him on the ice in the playoffs, not from a oh look at the hype bullshit, but it was they're what they're doing wasn't fucking working. So to put him out there, maybe it shakes it up, but. When you're throwing him out on the third and fourth line, you ain't fucking helping yourself. Right. That That's kind of Claude Julien-esque. It's like, hey, fucking Pasternak, you're really good. How about you go play with fucking Chris Kelly? Like, that doesn't help. Right. It, and that's where I think a lot of people went wrong. It was like, oh, he's the fucking greatest. No, he beat fucking the Czech Republic college kids. Like, stop it. Like, stop. He's He beat, look, you know what? And people will fucking knock me for this. I thought Jordan Greenway was a better player in the Olympics than Donato was. Uh, yeah, I, I like that Jordan Greenway's game. Oh, he's so fucking good. Yeah, he's he's, uh, good. he's already think, got power forward attributes. I think if Minnesota gives him a real fucking chance, he'll be really good. Yeah, and I thought he was better than Donato, and Donato was scoring like crazy. And it's just, it's not always about being on the score sheet for me. It's what else can you do? Right. But, you know, when you talk about Jordan Greenway, what I don't want to see him do and I don't want to see the Minnesota organization do with him is, like, almost like what they did. And I'm not saying Chris Stewart was, you know, their product and, and they grew him, but I don't want to see that player. Because I remember when Chris Stewart was younger and he had a boatload of skill, but then all of a sudden it's like his game changed to now he wants to be that gritty type of player and not get many points, you know? No. No, you need to be able to do what you do all around. Not exactly all around game. A few to just being a power guy, because being a power guy can translate very easily into fucking points. It's if the organization lets them do what they got to do, and Greenway is going to be the perfect example of a kid who has skill, but he's also big and physical. If they let him just run amok and do what he does, I think he'll be all right. Donato is one of those kids. He's not going to be physical. So I hope people aren't expecting that four foot tall fucking little kid to fucking check people. <laughs> he's he's an offensive kid. What's his natural position, by the way? Do you fucking actually know this? Because Donato. Yeah, I thought he was a center. Yeah, center. Fucking how many more? Stop putting. You know what? There, there's a perfect example. There's another kid who's not even playing his natural position. He's trying to learn something different. So well, it, the way. That same production the way these guys are breeding centers out of providence and 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 in the ncaa um you know they they've got to do something and but the thing that sucks though is 
they're basically doing what they did with Spooner. They brought him up as a center, but they found out that he's a, he's he's better suited at the right wing. Even though that he wasn't a better player at the right wing, they moved him over there, which I believe kind of, you know, the whole John, I mean John included, um, Jean Clulien, Julien. Oh my God, I can't even talk. <laughs> Have you had too yeah. many already? No, if this is my third <laughs> one, I just cracked it open. <laughs> um. But- if you look at Spooner, like he's a good example. Look what he did when he went to the Rangers. Yeah, he put him at center, and he played pretty fucking good. Yeah, had, I think he had nine nine points in nine games or something like that. He ended up with like twenty two or twenty three points, like right off the bat with them. And it's, I think a lot of it is you can't handcuff these kids who, and I think Sagan was a good example. You handcuff him to a certain something that he's not familiar with, and you're not gonna get what you should out of said play. You need to let some of these kids, especially the way that the league is trending, college is doing so fucking different, and they're trying to develop these kids already. Like, give them what their natural, and it's hard for the Bruins. It really is. But you need to give them their fucking natural position. You might get better production out of them. If Heinen was the center, he'd probably be better off. Although, I'm not huge on Heinen. Like, he's all right. Yeah, I think they I think they've kind of plucked Heinen out of um, college a little too early. I think I think if he went back for his junior year and another full year in the American Hockey League, I think he'd be a much better player. And how many people bought into that hype when he came up and started fucking showing flashes? Everybody. Well, no, no, no. Everybody pretty much saw what I was talking about when he didn't put any points in for the first twelve games and got sent down. Yeah, and then he came back, and it was like, oh, look at this fucking kid. Yeah. How about look at what he did before? Exactly. That's a little bit more important. But the thing is, you put him with people. Didn't he play on the fucking Bergeron and Marchand line at one point? A little bit. Not much. I think that was more or less when they were Bruins were getting beat up pretty bad, and, and you know, Cassidy had to make some adjustments to the the front line. But most of the time, he didn't play. He's a kid that... I mean, that first line, you can throw anybody up there and they'll do just fine. Yeah. And I think that's why people fucking get on me, but you need to break that line up. All right. Bert and Marshan stay together. Pasternak needs to go down to the fucking second line because you know what? He's elite enough or will be elite enough that he should be able to carry a line by himself. Yeah. If other players are struggling, he should... If scoring was the issue and you move him, he should be able to carry that line if others are struggling. Because once all three start struggling, we got a fucking problem. You know, I see that a lot. I see a lot of people making the same argument as you, Brian, saying that that, that Krejci should definitely play with Pasternak and, and, and Dabrowski. I, I think it's a powerful line. That's going to be an explosive line. But it also addresses the need to have two lines that uh, of production and not always relying on that top line. So... And that's what it became when you had all three of them. And everybody's like, oh, best line in hockey. Yeah, it is. But what happens after them? Not much. Like, DeBrusque had a great year, and that kid looks like he's going to be good for years to come. But everybody goes, oh, Krejci needs this and Krejci. You know, fuck him. How about you put people on a line that can play and score and work well regardless of the style of player? Because everybody always goes back to, what was it, Lucic and Horton. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, he had people to knock people around. It's, you get paid $7 million. You should be fine. Yeah, exactly. Excuses like, what the fuck are you doing? But if you move him down, I think it opens up that first line for somebody. 
for me that somebody should be Wayne Simmons. Oh, dude, I've I've been on the Wayne train. Yeah, I know. I've I've heard you talk about that years. There is no reason with what you have in depth that you can't go get him and then get him to resign. The dude's been stuck in Philly for his entire fucking career. If you bring him to an organization like this, there's no way he wouldn't resign. I like where you're going with it, and I like the player. I like the way he is. He is what Backus is supposed to be doing now. Exactly, and younger. Yeah, and get get to the net, cause havoc, be there for the tips, be there for the sloppiness that's in, in the blue paint. And but, he's got a scoring touch. Oh yeah, he's got a he's got a hell of a release. It's that is the ideal like people are all on the Panarin train and I get it but the ideal player for me is Wayne Simmons my 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 issue is injuries that's the only issue I have with him I I, I fully accept him do you know what I mean like at this point who isn't no I know <laughs> that's true that, that, that's the problem is now you, you kind of look across the league and it's kind of everybody's getting hurt some ways shape or form if you've been in the league for five years or more You've been You're hurt. probably considered "quote unquote" injury prone, right? And it, I, I get where the concern is, but don't you have the same concern for Bergeron? Exactly. Don't you have the same for Krug or a player X? Like it, it for what they? I think with adding Simmons, if you could find a way to do it and not fuck yourself with what you have for kids, I think he's the type that where he does check and he plays a physical game. It opens up Marshan to not have to play as physical as he does, because over the last two years he's gotten a little bit more physical. I think if you open that up for Simmons to do that, it allows Marshan to be more offensive minded. It allows Bergeron to do what he's been doing for the last two years. Like yeah. I, I just feel like he's the perfect fit. Yeah, no, that's I completely, I definitely agree with you about that. Um... Because what is what, where where would you put? Let's say they go and get Panarin. Where do you put him? I'm just curious as to what you look at. I would put him on the second line. I would. I, but but obviously, seeing the trend on what the first line's doing, you know, you you can have your uh, lineup adjustments as the season goes on with with these two players, even if you had them, you know. But on a permanent, I'd like to see him on the second line because I think he he. That, a player like that could be so dynamic with a player like Krejci and a young DeBrusque. Uh, I mean, these guys could be like the tic-tac-toe, you know, trio. Um, but I do, I really like the Pasternak up on the first line with Bergeron and Marshan because I think that he still needs to, even, even though he had a career season last year, I think Pasternak, he still needs to, he's young enough to tighten it up a little bit more uh, and be the all-around pro. I'm not saying he's not... He's not there yet, but there's always room for improvement when young players like him. So even you know what, even older players do. There's always room. For yeah, improvement. exactly. I mean, right, there's a there's a freaking hockey camp for adults now that they you know you can go and and, and hone your skills a little bit better and you know learn how to eat better and drink light beer. Who knows? Can we send Krug there so he can get better defensively? <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't hate him. I just hate what he doesn't do. And I think a lot of it is his size. Do you think he stays on this team? I don't believe so. Um, I, and I'm not, I'm, not fight, I'm not feeding into the hype of, of him being moved. I, I think he's a good player, 
but I, I do understand what you're saying. I, I his size isn't is a problem. He's a liability. And yeah, that sucks to even say because he has fucking talent. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly why the Bruins, you know, f- bought into that and they gave him this five year deal recently, is because they know what he can do with the puck. My 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 thing is what he does without the puck and his positioning. He's just it, sometimes it seems like he's not fully there, and then all of a sudden, you know, a Wayne Simmons comes sneaking in the back door, and then bam, it's like a one touch freaking goal. It's almost as if he doesn't know where he should be. That's what I'm saying, pretty much. Like, how do dude? You've been in the league this long, you still haven't figured it out. Like, I I like what he can do, but you have almost the same player for a whole lot less money, and Matt Grizzly. Yeah, like he it it makes Krug expendable when you do that because he's almost Krug 2.0. And honestly, I think Grizzly's better defensively. Yeah, I really do. I like Maddie's game. I like the way he transitions. I like the way he moves. He's got good size. Um, I mean, not great size, but I I just think he's got what it takes to be more um, defensively sound, uh, not commit. Uh, too early. I, I think Crew just wants to use that speed and close the gap on certain situations. But when that gap is obviously gone now, and you have to recover, it's he's not there. No, and when your parent, it, it all a lot of it depends on him being paired with the right person. Yeah. If Carlo wasn't hurt, that is a decent fucking pairing because you at least know Carlo will be there to hopefully. I mean, he's young, so he's still learning, but hopefully be there to fix his fuck-ups do you know what i'm saying i do i do. just like just like char did with carlo it was he was there to fix his fuck-ups carlo needs to be that guy if he's gonna play with krug on that second line for example although i don't see that being the case it'll probably be more in carlo but he needs somebody there to fix those fuck-ups and as good as kevin miller is i don't think he's that guy either yeah i'm not i'm not a big miller fan i but then, then again, that signing—I know—that signing it was more of a, I believe, a sustainability thing because the, the, the younger kids down down in the uh, lower levels of development weren't exactly ready. No, and and I do understand why that happened, and I was okay with it, but I I hated the redundancy of him and McQuaid. Yeah, I still it if if they're both on the ice in the same game. It drives me up a wall because it's like, well, you're the same fucking player. Yeah. You are the same exact player, just a different name, different number. Speaking I'll, of liability. I'll give the edge to Miller offensively over McQuaid, obviously. But Yeah, I thought Millsy had a good year last year offensively. I think he jumped into the play a little bit better than he has in previous seasons. But that, that then again. City. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say that. Then again, it just seemed like that all happened in – you know, um, two seasons ago when he came in in February when Claude Julien got fired. Oh, I figures I fucking say his name right that time. <laughs> <laughs> he's And you know what? People, he's a good coach, but he has to have the right players in order for that to work. And the way that the NHL is going, it's not going to work that way anymore. Right. Like the game has passed Claude Julien at this point. And it sucks because he's not a bad coach. No, he's it's not. It's the right idea. And I'm, I'm, all about fucking defense but you need to let players play you can't say no you can't do this it it's how bobby Orr changed how 
defense was played. It was like, no, I'm fucking carrying the puck in. What are you nuts? Yeah. That's the opportunity. Like, Miller, watching him jump in on the play, like, it kind of brought a smile to my face, even though I'm not huge on the player. It's kind of like, dude, no, you should be doing that. If you have the opportunity, fucking do it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I, I believe um, uh, Bruce Cassidy lets these guys do. I mean, I think I think Bergeron said that uh, in an interview, uh, you know, what's the difference between, you know, what's the difference that you see with Cassidy behind the bench? And, and he basically just said he lets us play. Yep. You know, yep. so and that's a respectable answer. You know, not it's not shitting on uh, the guy that departed. You know, it's though. Yeah. You know what? A little bit of shitting on him on the way up. It I mean, is, but it's not like really calling him out, saying you know that freaking guy just wouldn't wouldn't let us do it, wouldn't let us roll with the youth, and you know he's he's always gonna be one of those types of coaches that relies on a heavy veteran presence. You know, if the salary cap can can do Montreal as good as it does to a lot of other teams by having a veteran heavy franchise, then that's your coach. But if you want speed and and fast transition out of the zone, I mean. I, I almost feel bad for Carey Price because that guy is a freaking good goaltender. But he's he's he on a shit ass team. <laughs> overpaid. Yeah. And, oh. Oh yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if I said this last Tuesday, but Nashville absolutely won that fucking trade, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh God, Weber's out for like another two years. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, they misdiagnosed that one. I mean, oh. they 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 could have done that surgery so long ago, and he would have been ready, and he's not going. Yeah. Today. Yeah. You think any lawsuits are going to happen through that? No. No, probably not. No, because you know what? That he could have just said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm having it done. Right. He, they, these, Especially in this day and age, dude, and it doesn't matter the sport. They get like 12 different opinions. They don't just roll with what they're told. They go see like nine different doctors who tell them probably all different shit. But I, I think he's one of those ones that could have had whatever done earlier. Yeah. Um, Third line center this year. Who? Go. Oh, killing me. Um, I, I got a couple. <laughs> it sucks. I do have a couple. I Number one is not my number one choice, but I'm saying them first because I did write an article about him recently. Uh, Colby Cave uh, re-signed with the Bruins. Uh, yep. most, yep. most likely going to be in Providence. But if they can't find a suitable person to fit that role i think that he could do it or go down to the fourth line and have sean corrali go up to the second uh, the third if they don't want to go that route i really i, I really would love to see jack studnika uh, he's been really working hard uh this past year as uh since he got drafted in the second round in 2017 but um his development camps have been very impressive. Uh, this one, so much better than the previous. And in, in the um, interviews, when I was in the locker room, uh, he really expressed how much on a daily basis that he wants to make this team. So it's either the NHL or back to the juniors for him. And then, and then the third option is, uh, is going to the youth again and, and Trent Frederick. Uh, so- I... I so where does Fuzbacca Carlson fit in this? I, I don't uh, know. I'm not a big JFK guy. Uh, dude, I'm huge on him. I, I like the player. I really do. I, I have total confidence in his game, but I just haven't seen it really blow up in the AHL now that makes me think that 
he deserves a spot. But I mean, look, they they all anyone youth wise has to earn it. They all have to earn it. It's not just going to be handed to them. It's going to be the guy who showed that he's ready for it and played his ass off. So I'm fine with whoever they pick, but I'm I, I am high on Forsback Carlson. I would like to see him on this roster going forward, if possible. Yeah, well, but I mean, this, this goes into what I've been saying all of this time with you. Yeah, it's too many fucking people and not enough places. Exactly, and and JFK Wayne Simmons would be great. Right, JFK is a, a 21 year old center. That's got one more year, and then it'll be a restricted free agent. So he does have negotiation rights even after July 1st um, next summer. So I, I think that he'll definitely be resigned, but I think he's going to be resigned to a, a deal like Colby Cave got, which is a two-year, two-way. So, oh, they're definitely going to tender him right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, and I think that's one of the things that pissed me off was Austin Zarnick. Yeah, that, that was a kid who showed he has the potential to stay on an NHL roster, and you just let him walk. Right, but and he, I, honestly, I don't think he was coming back anyway because I feel they didn't do what they probably, or he feels they sh- didn't do what they should have with him. So he wasn't coming back one way or another. But you, you have all these players that can play you're running out of time on where you can put a lot of them. Yeah, and and that's exactly what happened. Uh, obviously, Austin Zarnick saw a better opportunity uh, in uh, elsewhere in the NHL, and Calgary came calling. I think he's going to be a fantastic player on there, and I think he's going to make the NHL right out of camp. I don't think he's going to yep. be going to Stock, uh, Stockton, the American Hockey League. So those types of players, you, I mean, I even saw two years ago, I'm like, just the way this, this Boston Bruins team has, has, has picked – in the past three seasons, the, the the talent is basically pushing him out of the organization. And I've always said that he's going to have a better opportunity. So, yep. But you know that that, that, that could have been why, your guy. That's why I'm pro move some of these kids. Right. You're gonna have to sprinkle that talent, or else you're gonna get nothing for them. Right. And I don't want to. Austin Zarnick was the perfect example. I don't want to lose sprinkle that talent for literally nothing. And, you know, I brought that up on Twitter um, a couple times. I'm like, I think Zarnick's gone after this season. I just heard from somebody that, you know, I'm not going to say who the source was. I just, I heard about that they're not going to entertain a deal, even though that they did have some talks. And I, I went out there and said, it's too bad about Zarnick. And I got killed for it because they're like, why are you worried about it? I mean, he, he, he was a free agent signing out of the um, Miami of Ohio. I mean, his, it wasn't like he the, the Bruins picked him in, the, in an entry draft, right? You know, right. so it's, but it's like, but he's an asset no matter what. If he's, it doesn't matter where he is in this Bruins organization, whether it's the NHL, the AHL, or the East Coast League, he's an asset that can be moved to a, a team. You know, I, I think that the 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 trade deadline or even the draft would have been good to like move him around and like get get, get yes. a pick, get a pick. Even but, if it's like a third, fourth round pick, get something. It's worth it. Something. Because you know what? This is one of those leagues where... Get a fourth round pick in 2019. A fourth round pick can do wonders in this league. It's not like most of the other leagues and other sports where it's really the first round, maybe the second round if you like. You can get fucking third, fourth rounders. Oh. And they turn out to be great fucking players. You can get good value in those late rounds. I mean, Jesus, 
Pavel Datsuk was a sixth round or seventh round draft and pick. That was the shit. <laughs> he's got some sick that moves. Shit, and he's still doing it. I, I mean, Joe, but he's still fucking killing it. Yeah, over in the, uh, I, I think it's is it the KHL? Yeah. Yep, KHL, and he plays I, I, the team that he plays for. If I'm not mistaken, it's like an hour away from his fucking hometown. <laughs> Nice. Like that, that dude, he wakes up late and still gets there on time. It's fantastic, man. <laughs> it's probably Yama Yaga's team. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> right? I wouldn't be surprised. Speaking of that guy, how about owning your own team and paying yourself your salary? Well, he needs to. He owes the IRS too much fucking money. <laughs> and, and and that's why he was still trying to play like at fucking, what is he, like 50, 60? Yeah. He he owed so much money and he didn't have enough, and so he kept trying to play. Jesus, and yeah. I I respect the fact that he was still somewhat doing something. He wasn't useless, but he right. wasn't obviously the best. He's not a second line guy, but that dude fucking now he's making money fucking everywhere, and he still owes the IRS. <laughs> I, I'm funny. honestly I'm dead ass surprised he didn't get picked up by somebody after Calgary dropped him. I figured somebody would have taken a flyer on him and at least been like, dude, we'll throw you on the fucking third or fourth line. You might help. I, I even think that he saw that he wasn't going to make a return to the NHL and and kind of talked to Calgary and said, you know, can you waive me with the purpose of assigning me to Europe? And that's how that's how that worked. So it was like, that's I think that's how they got together and made it a mutual like departure. Like, okay, we're, we're washing our hands and walking away, but... I wasn't. They, a f- they were both okay with it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because he's definitely getting older, and in, in a league like the KHL, if you could play over there, I mean, good for him. I, I just think the NHL is definitely the top level. You know, the cream of the crumb. But I don't but think. He, see, he, and, and maybe you don't see enough KHL, dude. There's so many people that could probably play in the NHL. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's that rushing it's, gas. It fucking dude, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but even the team like who the fuck was it? Zach Boychuk, who used to play in Carolina. He's over in the KHL and some of the players on his team are like, Why the fuck aren't you in the NHL? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, he follows me on Twitter. Yeah, he used to follow me until I called him out saying that Carolina was gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> oh dude, he's, so if you like hockey, he will follow you. Oh yeah, absolutely. He followed he's got like fucking he follows like three hundred thousand people. I See how can he follow three hundred thousand people and I can get past five thousand? I, I fucking I'd be an <laughs> NHL player. I, I, I don't honestly on that one. I don't know. But he was all about oh Carolina this Carolina. dude Carolina ain't doing shit right. And I called him out for it and he stopped following me because <laughs> I, I think I tried to make a deal like dude if Carolina makes it like you'll never hear a word from me. But when they don't, why don't you come on the show? Oh really? Yeah, oh, dude, I I totally called him out on it, and he fucking unfollowed me in a quick second. That's funny. Because I, I, I thought it would have been cool to be like, hey, well, how about that? And he unfollowed me. I'm like, yeah, fuck you then. <laughs> I And what's fucked up is I actually liked Zach Boychuk a lot. Yeah, he's a good guy. I liked his game when he was in Carolina, like, a lot. Like, more than what you, you should like a third-line guy. <laughs> I, was, I loved Zach Boychuk. I was like, no, he would be a great fit, third, fourth line here. Because I, I, when I look at players, I'm the first thing in my head is like, what would you do here? How would you fit? Could you? Right. It, it's it's what I do, and Zach Boychuk was one of those ones. That, yeah, he doesn't like me very much, obviously. Because <laughs> for him to unfollow you, dude, like you have to be a dickhead, <laughs> which I am. So, 
<laughs> it works out just fine, <laughs> which, which I am, so it's okay. I love how the long way you went on that road to come back and go, I am. <laughs> no, I, 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 I am, but... Like, dude, and just talking to you, you can tell, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm an asshole, but I'm not, like, I'm a nice guy. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm a dickhead. No, I, I, I love talking to you on, on Twitter and going back and forth and listening to the show. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun because I, every time, every time your responses, I, I get a kick out of it. I mean, that's what's, I mean, I try to keep it entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the, see, and this is why I be so serious the whole time. You know what I mean? And that's that's I think part of the reason why I enjoy doing it so much because I can be just this asshole who gets drunk while I do it, and I just start spewing and it's like it's not fucking serious. Like I'm not on ESPN, which fuck them, but like I'm not on any syndicated thing. Like it's fine. It's just me having fun. Yep. I drive a fucking tow truck for a living. Of course I'm an asshole. <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about? Isn't it in the DNA? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just ingrained in me since I sat. You know what it was though, when I did I did repossessions out in Phoenix for a really long time, and I think that's where like the true full asshole in me really <laughs> kicked in. It was like, dude, you, there's no turning back now. Well, I can imagine because I've seen a couple of those damn like reality shows about those things. I know, I know, but but some of the people that you know that you run into, I mean, you you've got a, a whole buffet of different types of personalities when you go pick up somebody's car oh yeah oh yeah from fucking grandma ethel to the pregnant chick to, <laughs> oh you name it dude like you you get it it's just you have to be a dickhead like like think about this dude like if you ran across somebody who you were trying to repossess that car and you caught her at the grocery store she was holding a kid and pregnant could you take her car oh that's that's oh my god see see your lack of response already just says you suck at your job like you need to be an asshole and be like, oh, you're pregnant? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not my problem. You should have paid your bills. Like that, and that's really what it becomes. Like, it's, it's fucking, you got to be a dickhead. And that's, I do it very well. <laughs> I do it very well. Everybody tells me I'm really good at it. <laughs> like, like, I am. I'm really nice until I have to be an asshole. And then it's like, you don't want me to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I get along with I get along with everybody until that's that point that you're like you're really pushing me to like do something here. Like, oh, you don't want me to be an asshole. And it's like, no, you don't want me to be one. I'm <laughs> than you are. <laughs> Way better. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go down that competition road with me. Nice. All right, brother. What do you think? Let me ask you this: Did I ruin your career? No, no, absolutely not. And and this is. This is exactly why I do this side of the podcast and away from the uh, our Black and Gold Hockey podcast is because I get to talk to people like you. That, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. But I, I know, so like I've had I've had nothing but fun this whole yeah. time. This, this is great. But I know I know you ahead of time. I I've listened to your show. You drop the f bomb a lot, and I understand that. If you could tone it down, I'd love to have you on the black and gold. So, so no joke, dude. And in, in this dead ass series, if you ever sent that that request to me to do it, you would see a totally different person because I know what you go for and what your style is. Like, I can absolutely tone it down. See, there you go. I'm just, I'm just me, naturally raw. And if you're like, hey, I want you to come do this, you would see it. I'd still be the negative me, like. I'd, You'll still get me, but it would absolutely be a much more toned down F bomb and 
all the other swears. Oh, yeah. This is why I do it because I like to get out of that realm too. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that guy that's always and and trust me, I I get along with Court. Those guys are my best friends, Court and and um and Rob. Those... trolls the shit out of me now. <laughs> he trolls the shit out of me, dude, and it's great. I love it. He's, he seems like an awesome guy. He's he's a wicked cool guy. And and let me tell you, um, this past year when he came uh, to Boston in March, that guy hooked my shit up. And I owe him a ton of respect for what he did because I had an absolutely amazing day uh, hanging out in the Legends Lounge. I mean, I was sitting four stools away from um, Johnny Busick, and I was sitting right next to Kenny Lindsman, and Reggie Lemlin was in the in the room. Tim Sweeney was right behind me with uh, my our boy Mike Craddy's um, father. Um, it was just an unbelievable experience. And Boy, you want to do that with me, buddy? You let me. <laughs> you let me know. I'll call out that day. I don't give a shit. Oh, it was just—it was awesome, and I owe him a ton of credit. And, and we we saw the most amazing game I think I've ever seen in my life. They beat the shit out of Chicago. March tenth oh, okay. at one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and then I proceeded to get absolutely shit housed afterwards. So I'm gonna make you commit to this now. What's up? Are we going to a Providence Bruins game? I am so down for that. You got to get Paul to like stop having babies so he can he can come out and hang out with us. If he, I, I keep telling him like fucking dude, wrap that shit up or something. <laughs> snip, snip, whatever. Stop having kids. Because me and him went to a game. We had a blast. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard you on the uh, the podcast not too long ago. So I'm gonna make you. We'll 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 get the details figured out. Like I do get you number. We'll figure it out. We got to go to a game. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that because it's so easy for me to um to get down there. All you got to do is just get to South Station and head down. So I've done it a couple of times. Well, we'll definitely have to do that. Even if Paul doesn't come, because I always say it. I love Paul to death. He's he's one of my good friends. But fuck Paul. <laughs> I don't even have to go there. I'm like fuck Paul. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. He, oh, he will. He will. He knows, dude. He's my boy. Like I got his back. Fuck Paul. Like it's fine. Like he does. Him. I have to give him a shout out because he does a really good job too. Um, me, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that would be badass to go down there, and I I know a ton of people down there that we could take care of too. All right, I, I got you committed on record now, so we'll be right. in the season. All right. <laughs> um, what do you say? You think that's going to be enough for tonight? Yeah, it works for me. All right, man. Uh, listen, I want to keep going, dude. The, if you don't stop it, I'll just keep going. Well, it's getting hot. And, it's getting freaking up. hot in this office, and I need to put my AC on because <laughs> I'm sweating like a freaking pig. Um, listen, Brian, thank you so much for coming on to, uh, the Beers and Bruins pod. Um, Dude, thanks for having me. Seriously, it was uh, fun. this was a lot of fun. We are definitely going to do this more often. Uh, we could, if you yeah, ever want to get your hockey fix again, we'll we'll do it again in a couple of weeks. I don't care, whatever. I'll drink every day if that's what I mean. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, I had a ton of fun doing this. I told I told my girl I was nervous about this because it's so different than just doing my own shit. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, this is weird. I'm I'm just a guest on somebody's. Like, don't fuck this up." Nah, you're fine. If you ever want to end up on somebody's show again, don't fuck this up. <laughs> is that what she said? <laughs> no, that's what I said. Oh, oh, okay. I thought she was giving you the advice. No, no, I was giving myself that same advice. She's like, "Hey, you'll be fine. It's fine." <laughs> that's what my Courtney says too. She's like, "What are you worried about?" I'm like, "It's like Matt Kalman. It's totally different, man. He's like it's a totally national different. reporter." 
<laughs> and one of my favorite writers. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous, so but no, once I get talking to him, it was good. It's just it's an experience that you get through and you'll you'll have for the rest of your life. But we'll definitely have you on again. Um, and uh, please um, subscribe. Yeah, Fo- please do. We need more, man. Follow and listen to Ride the Pine Radio Podcast. You can follow Brian at Radio RTP. And, and is, just uh, the record, I do suck at social media <laughs> mostly because of what hours I use for work. Like, I'm not always tweeting, but when I do, like, I try to make it fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, I do. So if I don't tweet for a couple days, just um, I work overnight. It's like, fuck me, right? <laughs> yeah, you can also follow Paul at Paul RTP 37. Stop. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I gotta, I gotta make him, you know, happy. I gotta put him out there so he can come on my show too. No, uh, and I'm sure he will. You, you give. I'll him get you happy. both on. Oh God, you don't want that. Hey, I broke the barrier with having you on. <laughs> hey, if you can put up with me, I guess you could put up with both See? of us. Hey, See, he makes it more tolerable. <laughs> That's awesome. He, he uses logic sometimes. No, dude, seriously, I, I very much appreciate you having me on oh absolutely man and i look i look forward to uh catching up sometime uh this year in providence that'd be i think that'd be a really fun trip uh probably one that the wives are gonna have to uh, invest in some uh bail money possibly or at least a ride because <laughs> i there might not be any driving available for <laughs> any of us if we do this because they serve like cocktails at Providence. Like I didn't. Oh, boy. So when me and Paul went, I, I used, I'm used to the beer cot, and I'm almost like, wait, you can get vodka at this fucking place? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. All right, Brian, thank you so much again. Again, please, you know, take the time and uh, check out that podcast. They do a great job. It's uh, pretty much recorded uh, every Tuesday uh, afternoon. Release Tuesday. Release Tuesdays, uh, and you're available to listen on Wednesday morning, like I do at work religiously. So, uh, please, Paul and uh, and and Brian, keep up the great work. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man.